Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Die Hard Minute, where every day, Monday through Friday, movies by Minute hosts talk about one minute of the greatest screeching wheel movie of all time, the 1988 John McTiernan-directed movie, Die Hard. I'm Mike Carlucci of Return to Oz Minute. screeching around a corner in the garage, and it ends with the SWAT team hustling towards the building. Argyle's time to shine. Well, See, I I need to watch it all the way through. I missed everyone last week. Did you miss us? <laughs> we have a really awkward timing of our weeks are only a couple weeks apart. So it feels like we were just here doing this, but I realize plot has proceeded in our absence. <laughs> um... Yeah, dramatic music plays, the limo screeches around a corner, heading down the ramp, comes to a halt for a closed gate, reverses when he realizes he can't go that way. It's Argyle Adventure Time. And then it's the SWAT team's turn for dramatic music. They start to storm towards the tower. And I, I, I assume that they are what was in the back of the truck we saw at the end of the last minute we were here for, back in minute 65. Yeah, there was, they were probably in there. Okay. I don't know if... Uh... I don't know if the RV arrived in a in a truck. No, that has its own. Yeah, it has its own carrying case. Yeah, um, but for all the dramatic music and the hustle and bustle that this minute starts off with, I mean, what a start to the week! This is really intense stuff. We then immediately cut to the best awkward tiptoe run through the flowers. I mean, I've never done this in. Like, SWAT team gear, obviously. But my favorite is when you're trying to run, but you can't really. So you start doing this weird hybrid thing of just trying to get through. Yeah. Yeah, it's, and it's kind of nice that the the one guy <laughs> sort of gets caught on the thorn. He's like, what? Yep. It's like, you're a SWAT guy invading a building. You hey. probably do this sort of thing a lot. Like, the 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 part that's throwing you off is the, is the everyday, like, mundanity of... Oh, got caught on a thorn. Oh, the, these have very pretty flowers, so at least there is some use to the, you know, there's a purpose. But yeah, I, I do enjoy the little, ouch, get stuck. <laughs> Nakatomi Corporation clearly spared no expense. Is it your goal to say that in every podcast you're involved with? What can I say? John Hammond was a genius. <laughs> well, John Hammond was very quotable. Well, I'll revise my own statements. There you go. Movie John Hammond was very fun. <laughs> Book John Hammond is mean. Anyway, that's Jurassic Park Minute, which you guys should check out. It's a good one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is Die Hard Minute, and we get to see just almost exactly at the halfway part. It, it's slightly before. Um, two characters who I have in my notes as Dirty Harry and Asian Batty, but are actually Eddie, played by Dennis Hayden, and Uli, played by Al Leong, I'm guessing is how you pronounce that. They're running in the building. They impressively toss something between them. I assume it's ammo magazines, but I can't say that with certitude. 
uh, before they take up positions on either side of this hallway. And Uli makes himself at home, organizing his guns, using this convenience store counter. And are we ready to talk about this store? <laughs> I, I like that he just, he posts himself behind, like he's a teenager at working the movie theater. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the glass case that's lit below, and then behind him are the magazine racks. So first, we'll talk about the very boring-looking magazines and newspapers. Um, well, <laughs> so I originally said there are a million copies of a very boring magazine about stocks, and then, like, a second later, in a different shot, it came into focus, and I realized, oh, it says the Herald Examiner. I wonder if that's a real thing. And in case there was any doubt that I've always lived on the East Coast, yes. Yes, it is. The Los Angeles Herald Examiner is actually a huge, very well-known, famous L.A. newspaper <laughs> that had never crossed my path before. Uh, there are Wall Street journals, no pictures, uh, and the corner of a magazine that I believe says personal investing. It's something like that. Uh, there's also, you see in later seconds, Forbes and something called Finance. I think that's all there is to that title, which could be anything. Um, but that's the boring stuff. So now that we're done talking about papers, who's hungry? <laughs> we know one person is hungry. Oh, man. Oh, man. All right. So for those of you keeping track at home, we'll, we'll get to the heist within the heist. First, let us meet our contestants, a.k.a. options. In the case that Uli is spreading his stuff out on are Big Red, Juicy Fruit, and Double Mint Gum, all Wrigley's, a box that just says Mars, which made me want a Mars bar real bad. It is a slightly different font, and it's not the right color. So I'm not 100% sure that this is just straight up Mars bars. I also thought th those were really hard to get in the U.S. because my mom always made a really big deal out of it when I got one. This may have been a parental trick. So I, I don't know. It just says Mars. Now we have Crunch Bars. We have Hershey's with almonds, Planters Peanuts, and Raisinets. There's also a like half back row behind the gum that I am fairly certain is a huge box of bazooka. <laughs> or it could be Cracker Jack, actually, now that I'm looking at those stripes. Um, and there's something else, that, like, orange one, all the way at the end, behind the big red. I cannot make it out. I don't think it ever comes into focus in this minute. Because the thing is, boxes and the magazines behind them are going in and out of focus, depending on when we're looking at it and what angle we're at. But that one never became clear to me. So if you were frequenting convenience stores like this in the late 80s and remembering because I was a four and five year old, so I, you know, hey, if I got a Kit Kat out of things, I was good. That is all I needed to know. I was not analyzing what the different display boxes looked like. Perhaps if you kind of already had a, if you had a better sense of what you were looking at, because I looked at the Juicy Fruit box and immediately went, that's for Juicy Fruit gum. So if you were a little bit older than me, perhaps you are looking at this box and thinking, what is this kid talking about? It's so obviously whatever it is. Please let us know. <laughs> yeah, what do you think? I had written down Bazooka, but now I'm thinking Cracker Jack. Yeah, I, I thought the uh, yeah the second box over mm -hmm. as, as Cracker Jack. Okay. I don't know for sure, but I, I do have a hunch. I do have a lead, at least, on the Mars bar. 
Yeah? Uh, so according to a Mars Bar commercial from 1990, oh. which I know candy industry is rapidly moving. <laughs> I mean, this is, this is before cookies and cream Hershey bars. I mean, there's, there's just a lot going on in the candy industry at this time. But that color scheme, the, the red Mars mm-hmm. on the uh, light colored, yeah, the cream, uh, that was used for the Mars almond. Oh. So, looks like that's the, the Mars bar almond. This is a very unfortunate case if you're allergic to nuts. Mars almond, Hershey almond, peanuts, Cracker Jack. <laughs> it's, it's, I hope you like gum. I mean, <laughs> it's very filling. So, while I'm analyzing this, Eddie very seriously prepares his gun. Uli very seriously prepares his gun. But then, Uli glances down at the case. He looks back up. He looks down. He looks up. He looks around. While still watching the door, he reaches into the case to the world's greatest musical cue and looks down to make sure that he is stealing a delicious crunch bar. Hey, Sometimes you just need a candy bar. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to yeah. call me out for saying what he steals, but you can tell which box he's reaching into. And you know what? I gotta say, having gone through those options, that would have been my choice as well. I'm not such a fan of the candy bars with, with uh, almonds in them. I probably would just take a bag of peanuts from this from this particular display. Hmm. Oh, no. I'm sorry. The raisinets. Never mind. Ra- sorry, Mr. Peanut. <laughs> to make bad trail mix better though i don't know uh, given the hershey with almond has never done it for me Mm-mm. i guess i've never had a mars almond bar i don't chew gum i mean i love regular mars bars but you're right i've never gotten the appeal of hershey's with almonds so i can't imagine mars with almonds would be any better i will say double mint and juicy fruit gum definitely have their place but it's not the same as getting a candy bar. Yeah. I don't know. If I wasn't in the mood for chocolate, I would go Cracker Jack. But I think hands down, Crunch Bar would be my top choice. And I realize this is very controversial because now I can't remember who it is. But there's definitely a Movies by Minutes podcast host out there that was recently talking smack about Cracker Jack. Oh. Why can't I remember even what show it was? Oh my gosh. There was definitely someone, though, who was like, Oh, does it even exist anymore? Because no one likes it. And I was like, it's, it's fine. I mean, it's not like the greatest snack in the world, but it's a perfectly reasonable, acceptable snack. Of course, I also, not to put the Indiana Jones Minute on blast, but Whitman's samplers are amazing because on the inside of the lid, it tells you what each piece of candy is. There is a map. So that you aren't surprised horribly like you can be with C's candies. That I said it. I said it. Whoa. Anyway. But that's... Didn't you learn anything from Forrest Gump? No. You don't know what you're going to get. That's no. the beauty of it. That's the worst part. <laughs> that's okay. We can all come together over our... Yeah, Russell Stover is not the best. Although I do enjoy their um, special seasonal stuff when it's like a chocolate covered marshmallow or something. Those can be quite good. And those are Russell Stover. But for boxes of chocolates, man, Whitman samplers are the best. Not that there aren't duds within it, but it's reasonably <laughs> high quality and it has a map. It's fantastic. Is that one of the ones that has like the the pink goo on the inside? No, no. It's okay. um 
What's the one that looks like it's crocheted? No, that that's the one that Sampler has. <laughs> oh. It's supposed to look like cross stitch or needlepoint, depending on what you call it. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I don't agree with you. <laughs> I'm not saying it's the highest quality chocolate in the world. I'm saying if you're getting a box of candy from a Walgreens or a CVS or an equivalent... I want the one where I'm not playing some horrific guessing game. I do really appreciate, though, that (laughs) you view something like, oh, there's a box of chocolate. That it it, it comes with this burden of... (laughs) I really do. I really dislike a lot of the gooey ones. And it's just, no, no, no. (laughs) I want to know what I'm getting into at any given moment. John McClane doesn't have shoes, Tierney. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> good way to bring it back thank you i'm sure our listeners appreciate it all right so so i, I i'm appreciating our our candy aficionados speaking of uh, <laughs> sweater so the i think at least the first time i watched die hard maybe maybe a couple times i thought he was wearing a bandolier I and it's just have the note can we talk about his chewbacca look yeah, I thought he was dressed like Chewbacca, and instead it's just a sweater that looks like Chewbacca, and I kind of wish I had one. <laughs> now I know what to get you for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> or or I think this is airing after Christmas, maybe uh, you... No, I'm just kidding. Uh, spoiler alert, that's not what you're getting. Uh, yeah, I did It's not... from the 80s. Um, but yeah, because... They should remake it. You're right, it goes up Stra- to the seam. Stranger Things brought back the sweatshirt from the Science Museum of Minnesota. I mean, Die Hard could be bringing back. We'll get to um, we'll get to nineteen or nineteen. Uh, we will get to twenty. Oh, twenty eighteen next year. We'll get to an anniversary. They could do a thirtieth anniversary release, and they can bring back this glorious sweater <laughs> with chevrons or bandoliers or whatever it is. So also in his look, I'm, I'm not talking as much about the actual actor because I assume many people have. So just a, hey, that's who it is. Cool, moving on. Uh, I, I thought it was a bandolier. Um, it also definitely looks like he's wearing a Fitbit, even though I know it's not. Look, look, look at, look at <laughs> second 39 and tell me that doesn't look like a Fitbit. <laughs> yeah, it's too skinny to be a watch, right? Unless it's a really skinny watch. I think it's yeah. just supposed to be, honestly, like a leather bracelet. That's much cooler than it sounds like when you say that, but I think that's all it is, but it... Oh, is no, I think he might be wearing his watch on the inside. Oh, and that's just the band. Because it looks... medical professional of him. <laughs> right, because it looks like there's a little... It looks like there's a clasp. That might just be a, discolor, a discoloration of some sort, but it... It could be the clasp is facing oh when he's facing us and his uh, and the watch face is on the other side. It's on the inside. It's a good look though. Yeah, yeah, very futuristic. And then I I didn't fully pull it out. Oh, you know what? I bet that sweater is a half zip pullover. Those are very trendy right now. I'm telling you, we can make this happen. Um, He could walk into 2017 and no one would notice. They think he's wearing a Fitbit and a half zip pullover. Yep. The only thing that might give him away is his headset. And it's the same design as Theo's, I know. And it's one of those things where 
it just looks so fake to me. I don't know why. It's a perfectly reasonable prop, but every time I see it, I'm like, that looks like like a prop. Like someone made that to be a prop for this movie. It's not a real headset. <laughs> so he makes his move, and meanwhile, we have our other, our bookend. Can you say other bookend? Like, isn't it implied if you have bookends, there's going to be two of them? Back to Argyle still tearing around the garage in his limo. He's currently facing a concrete dead end. And the SWAT team is looking very busy outside the building. So it literally goes Argyle, SWAT, Lee and Eddie, Argyle, SWAT. Yeah. It's a beautifully structured minute. It's one of the reasons I wanted to make sure we didn't have a guess for this one, that it stood on its own. <laughs> yes. We can just let let the minute speak for itself. I keep referring to it as its own little one-act play. It's a it's not a Greek tragedy. I mean, Uli gets his snack, but it's a it's a drama, I guess. <laughs> Within the context of this movie, it is a comedy. This is one of those minutes where the audience gets to catch its breath and have a laugh. And the way you know, it's funny. I've been referring to Al Powell as Carl Winslow. There's a Carl in this movie. And now I want to just refer to Uli as Al, but there's an Al Powell in this movie. There's not enough guy names in the world. You guys are confusing, Mike. But... <laughs> if that could be anyone, I'm not taking offense. Yep. But <laughs> this Al just sells the moment so perfectly. It is, it is pure comedic timing. Yeah, uh, it's it's that perfect the the perfect he has the perfect amount of hesitation, the mm-hmm. perfect angle of look, and just enough of a of an expression. He's like, "Yeah, I've got time for a candy bar." <laughs> You're like, what's gonna happen here? Um, a little quick aside: this actor, stuntman, and actor, I should say, has, according to the Die Hard Wiki, a cult following. Among action movie fans, I could see why. But he's not just an action guy. And I, I think that's why he has more things. He was in Lethal Weapon, Big Trouble in Little China, another movie's by minutes title, uh, Death Warrant, Rapid Fire, and The Scorpion King. So Dwayne is back. And then many TV roles. And you know what? I'm not going to just read people's IMDb pages because people can do that. Um, I am a little sad to read... Under here, uh, currently retired from the Hollywood film industry after suffering a stroke, but he has a very impressive list of credits before that. So, anyway, that concludes my observations for Minute 71. (laughs) (laughs) Sounded very official, but I reached reached the SWAT team hustling towards the building. (laughs) Well, I I think we do have to mention that... uh... Al was also in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Oh! So... Genghis Khan! Don't head for the sporting equipment. <laughs> Giver, Beverly Hills Cop 3. I, I think a couple of those get, get some... <laughs> there, a couple of those are worth, are worth mentioning. Yeah. Well, if, if we're going to mention, I will say, the most recurring seems to be uh, as Neil Choi on 24. Which... I, 2002, I believe that was the first season. So I did see some of him, probably, but I don't really remember because I quickly gave up. (laughs) Some of his work. Yeah. 
Um, he also has a lot of uncredited listed on IMDb, which um, can be a little... It, it makes sense since he did so much action stuff and was also a stuntman as well. That that kind of makes sense. I gotta say, you know, the cast for Die Hard, they, they do pretty okay, most of them. <laughs> when you start looking at these things, it's just roll after roll after roll. Yeah, I don't know, Dave. There's uh, a lot of people went, in, went on to do a lot of things and... Did a lot of things before finding their way to Die Hard. Probably helped as uh, has helped it hold up and spawn. You know, we're we're going on to I think the sixth movie with uh, with the Die Hard prequel. Yeah, but to get to get the six movies, you've got to have a base. And there, these guys they built the foundation that the Nakatomi Plaza that is the Die Hard franchise <laughs> is built upon. <laughs> Uh, it's beautiful, Mike. Just beautiful. <laughs> oh, I I used to have transitions, folks. I think I used them all up on Return to Oz Minute. See that? See that? Oh, I uh, see what you did there. Yeah, yeah. That's the podcast that Mike and I have completed together. Um, we, For those of you who don't, off the top of your head, know what Return to Oz is, first of all, let me just say, wheelers. Our Movies by Minutes movie was name-dropped in an episode of You're the Worst. So I think we've reached a whole new level of pop culture saturation, and I love it. It's a <laughs> Disney film, 1985, Spurs of first movie role, and it's very air quotes a sequel to The Wizard of Oz. Uh, but we had a lot of fun breaking it down, talking about our favorite things, coming up with some new theories that we think filled some holes that that the movie could have gone into a little deeper or things that the movie went into deeper that we wish they hadn't because it caused controversy. You can find our episodes at returntoozminute.com. That's our mothership. It's also got links to our social media. We also have a listing there of what guest was on what episode. So if you have been listening to the different teams doing Die Hard Minute and there's someone you're just like, I gotta follow this person. I need to know what else they've done. You can look and see if they ever came on our show there. If you just want more Die Hard Minute, look, I, I get it. Not everyone is cool enough for Return to Oz. You can find everything at DieHardMinute.com. You can check out Die Hard Minute on Twitter. And you can join the Die Hard with a Podcast Listener's Limo on Facebook. And if you'd like to catch up on other Movies by Minutes podcasts, visit moviesbyminutes.com for more information. That's maintained by Pete of Star Wars Minute. Is that correct? Is it Alex? Uh, no. Pete the Retailer. Yes. I mean, I knew that. I totally was sure of that when I said it out loud. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you come back tomorrow, Tell me you got that. I got it, I got it. Hit your heart on Channel 5.